The blood of Jesus has washed you from all sin and you stand in the presence of God without fault and without flaw. So when you as a child of God, an offspring of God, declare your father's word, the angels must hearken unto it. They must obey it and move to perform it. It's all about Jesus. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. This is your host, Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another edition. We're going to have a great time today. Well, as you may know, on Sunday mornings, we've been in a series entitled Watch Your Mouth. And today's episode is part number five. And oh, my Lord, we had a great time today. And I cannot wait for you to hear God's rich word. Now, as we've been saying, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. If you have, hooray, we're so thankful for you. That way you can always stay up to date with the latest messages from Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We're going to have a great time. And if you have a Roku TV, I hope that you've subscribed to our channel. It's free. Just look for Kingdom Rock TV in the search guide and you'll find us today. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message. And it is part number five of the series, Watch Your Mouth, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled, what? Watch Your Mouth. This is one of the most prophetic words and timely words that the Lord has ever given me almost over the last 30 years of ministry. So I pray that your heart is open and attuned and ready to hear what thus saith the Lord. Today, we'll be in part number five of this series. Now, this is some pointed word today. Let me tell you now already before we get started. This word is something that you've got to hear and I pray that you don't let anything distract you. I pray that you don't let this word slip. As a matter of fact, uh, Kingdom Rock, let's go ahead and greet our online community right now. Bless your online community. Hallelujah. Wherever you are all around the world, we want you to know that Jesus loves you and that we are praying for you. We're praying for your families. And we want you to know that you are part of this service and we so appreciate you being here with us today. You're here. And we thank you. All right. Thank you also, guys, for your prayers, too. We really do appreciate you and your financial giving. All right. Well, let's go into the, the word. We're going to go right back today. Uh, before we go back into James, the, the third chapter, I, I feel an unction in my spirit to share three scriptures with you before we go back into James, the third chapter. And this first scripture has to do here in Luke 20, 20. Luke 20, 20, this is where God is going to give you some perspective. Remember, we talked before that uh, the enemy does not have power to doom your life or curse your life. He does not have the power to doom or curse your life. You hear people say, well, I want to put, I'm going to put a curse on you. I'm going to get some sort of voodoo doll and all that stuff. And I'm going to take some needles and eh, 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 eh. I'm going to be like Jason on that thing. And, and you're going to experience some terrible times. You can say like MC Hammer, can't touch this. The enemy does not have the power to curse your life. But what he can do, as we talked about before, what he can do is bring you into an atmosphere or try to cultivate an atmosphere of pain pressure so that you'll look for relief and begin to say wrong things about yourself. 
And through that pain, pressure, and relief uh, principle, what happens there is that uh, we'll begin to release words that will bring us into a bad place. So the enemy wants to capture your words so that he can use your words against you because he knows that you have creative power in your mouth. He knows that you have creative power in your mouth. So I tell you, and I pray you hear this prophetically, be very watchful over your words in this hour. Because your words can either uh, bring you to a place of blessing or can allow a curse to come in. The Lord highly values your word. And let me tell you something. Let me say it this way. Your word is highly valued in the spirit, spirit realm. Highly valued. We may not always value what we say. And people may not always uh, follow behind their words. They may not be people of their words. But I tell you, your word is highly valued and it is sold after. The words that come out of your mouth. If there is an eternal struggle or tug of war, you know, it's there, this warring between good and evil. You understand it rotates around you, right? You are the prize. You are the prize. You're the apple of the father's eye. And he's coming. The father wants you so badly that he gave his only, God, only begotten son to die for you, right? And to be raised the third day and is alive forevermore. And the enemy also wants to have you because he hates your father. And he wants to destroy you. Because he knows in destroying you, he gets, he hurts him. So you are, I mean, we're right there in the middle. We're right there in the middle. And what turns the tide of battle are the words that you speak. This is why we say, watch your mouth. Let me show you one excellent, excellent example of that in Luke 2020. Lord gives us 2020 vision. So I want you to see this perfect example, this great example here in Luke 20, 20 out of the King James Version. And it says this, talking about the enemies of Jesus. It says here, and they watched him and sent forth spies which should feign themselves just men. They were pretending to be just men that they might take hold of his words that so they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. How were they going to get Jesus? How were they going to deliver him to eventually be crucified? They went, they went for his words. His words were highly valued. Get his word. We can try to destroy him if we get a word. It's the same thing that happens with you today. The enemy says, we can really turn him around, turn her around, if we can only get them to say something. Yes. Only get them to say something. Now look at, let's look at something else. Uh, let's see how your words are highly valued. Let's go to the book of Daniel. Daniel, the 10th chapter, and most of you know this already, when Daniel began to fast before the Lord. Daniel 10, verse 12. Listen to what the angel said when the angel finally got there. It says here in the King James Version, then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou uh, didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord or to humble yourself before the Lord, thy words were heard and I am come for thy word. Are you hearing me? 
The angel said, okay, the father heard you, and I'm come because of what you've been saying. The father sent me because of what you've been saying. Your words are highly valued in the kingdom of light and also in the kingdom of darkness. They are tools that can be used for you or against you. Let me show you something else. Let's go to Psalm 103, verses 19 through 21, talking about the value, the high value that you have on your words. Psalm 103, verse 19 through 21 says this, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. One, one translation says the Lord prepared his throne and from his throne he rules everything. Look at the very next verse, verse 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. So we see here that the angels hear the voice of God's word. They hear God speak. They hear his word and immediately go forth to do it. The Bible says that they hearken unto the voice of his word. When you give God's word voice, that is when you speak his word, when you declare what he said and you declare it in faith, the angels hear and they also respond yes. Amen. because it is the word of God that you speak. Amen. And the father always watches over his word to make sure that it is performed. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, you being a child of God, you being an offspring of God, when you speak your father's word, it is as if your father is also speaking it. It has that same weight and authority or a weight of authority that's like the father because you're speaking it through your covenant, the covenant that you have been granted through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus makes you a spotless child of God with his blood, without sin, without fault, without blemish. The blood of Jesus has washed you from all sin and you stand in the presence of God without fault and without flaw. So when you as a child of God, an offspring of God, declare your father's word, the angels must hearken unto it. They must obey it and move to perform it. They're listening for a word. Listening for a word. What will he say? What will she say? They're standing watch to see, or, or should I say to hear, what you're going to say so that they can follow those instructions. Remember, they are ministering spirits sent to minister unto the heirs of salvation. Well, how are they going to do that? Through listening and hearkening unto the voice of the Father's words that they hear coming out of your mouth. Amen. Amen. When his word is spoken with faith and in faith out of your lips, they'll move. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So I tell you again that your words, your mouth is highly valued in both kingdoms. In the kingdom of light and in the kingdom of darkness. In the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the kingdom of Satan. They're highly valued. And you're right there in the middle. So you can speak curses over your own life. And it's valued. The enemy says, yes, finally. 
because he, because he or the fallen, the fallen angels or the demonic powers were also run to fulfill the words that you are saying. You speak curses over your life, they'll run. They'll run to set up scenes and set up scenarios. You'll put things in motion where these curses can come to pass on your own life. By the same token, in the kingdom of light, you speak what God said, and those holy angels, the heavenly hosts, will run to fulfill those words. You understand? Your words have weight, and your words have power. You may not always value what you say, but your word is highly valued. Highly valued. And one thing about us, we'll say what, we'll say what we believe. If you believe that you never be anything, eventually you will say it. And when you say it, you believe it when you say it. I'm never going to get out of this. I'm never going to have this. Oh, you, you definitely believe that. And it's those words that are spoken in faith that are caught. And they catch those words and try their best to bring it to pass over your life. So whether you're speaking words of faith, words that you believe about you, you believe it either good things, you believe what God said, and you're speaking in faith, and those angels move to bring that word to pass, or you'll speak words of doubt, curse, and unbelief, and those demonic powers, those fallen, will run to bring those words to pass. Does that make sense to you? Let me tell you now, your words are highly valued. Because every time you open your mouth, when you believe what you say, it's gonna happen. You'll either call things to you or, or send things away from you. Don't you know by your confession, there can be some relationships that you're meant to have, but because we keep saying they're never going to like me, 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 I'm this and that, I'm, I'm not this and I'm not that, I'm not strong enough, I'm not pretty enough, not handsome enough. Uh, you keep on saying these words, and these words are beginning to fill the airspace around you, and then when people come and they begin to try to, to meet you, what do they meet first? They meet, they meet all of the words that you've spoken in the atmosphere all around you. And they begin to see you through those invisible words. Are you hearing? You've said it. And we begin to wear it. You begin to wear it. Your words are highly valued in both kingdoms. So choose your words wisely. And this is why we say, watch your mouth. Let's go back to James now, James 3rd chapter. I want to show you some more things here in the Word of God. And I'm so thankful for your prayers today. So thankful that you guys have been praying. So let's go ahead and read this, uh, James, the 3rd chapter, verses 1 through 12 of uh, the King James Version. We've been reading this uh, for the last four, four sessions, but now we're in session 5, so let's read it also. In case you have not uh, been here for those, here it is. Let's go ahead and read it. My brethren... Be not many masters, knowing this, that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. 
Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, uh, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, wheresoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a small member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every beast, for every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Do the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Now, I want you to notice something here before we go further. Notice what happens here in verse number 9 and 10 once again. 9 and 10 says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. Blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. He's saying that you should bless people, but you should not curse people. Out of the same mouth, that should not happen. Choose one, that is choose the blessing. Choose to encourage people, choose to lift them up. Don't allow a curse to come out of your mouth. To help break this down even further, let me define what the word curse is. We're gonna look at this in the Greek and then we'll go a little bit further on into the English. In the Greek, uh, the word curses here is, it means to curse, it means to doom. It means to imprecate evil upon to imprecate evil upon. Well, I don't use the word imprecate every day, so I had to look it up. Gina had to look it up. The word imprecate means to deliver a curse or verbal attack, or rather, or verbally attack someone, to wish harm or evil on someone, or simply to swear at them. Are you hearing me? So when God says blessing and curses shouldn't come out of the same mouth. He says swearing shouldn't come out of your mouth. Speaking evil upon others should not come out of your mouth. Now to help bring that further home to you, let's go to Titus, the third chapter. Are y'all with me today? 
Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You are so wonderful. Let's look at Titus, the third chapter, verse one and two of the New Living Translation. And this is how it reads. I, I love this. It says, remind the believers, as I am reminding you today, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officials. That's why we pray for Trump, pray for our neighbors, I mean, for the governors and the mayors and all of them, we pray for them, right? Amen. And we submit as long as what they say lines up with the word of God. When the, when the Antichrist hits the scene and starts saying, uh, renounce Christ Jesus, that's when we have to part companies. Are you hearing me? All right. It says, they should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. Look at verse number two. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. I love the way the King James Version says it here in the same thing in Titus 3, 2. It says, here again, that we should speak evil of no man. That is, don't speak negatively about people. Don't let the evil, don't let the cursings come out of your mouth about people. Are you hearing me? This is the word of, the, this is the word of God to the people of God. Don't let those negative sayings about people come out of your mouth. Don't let evil speaking about people come out of your mouth. This is the word of God to the people of God. Blessings and cursings should not come out of the same place. These things, my brethren, ought not so to be. Are you hearing me? Let me show you now. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Oh, I love this. This is so good. We're going to look at this in both versions again. Ephesians 4, verses 29 through 32. Just in case, just in case you weren't, just in case you didn't understand the first, I think you'll understand this one. Ephesians 4, verse 29 through 32 says this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow on, rather, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Notice he says again, he says again, don't use foul and abusive language. Don't let it happen. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Notice this same scripture out of uh, King James Version. It says, verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Don't let it happen. Are you hearing me? But that which is good to the use of edifying, that is that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now notice here that the Lord first tells us not to allow, not to allow evil communication to come out of our mouths, not to allow abusive language to come out of our mouths. And then immediately after that, he says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. The two come together. If you allow your mouth to be used as a site of cursing, as a site uh, or as a place that, that billows out abusive language and slander and negative words against other people, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. You know, you hear it first, but maybe he hears it first, and then you, but guarantee you, he does hear it. And this grieves him. So again, don't speak negatively about other people. Don't put your mouth on them. Don't put your words on them. Are you hearing? The word of God for the people of God. And I pray that you hear this. Look at verse number 31 again. It says, let all bitterness, and this is one reason why we have, we're going to have these negative words or these abusive words, because we're bitter. Yeah. Or it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. If you're bitter, if your heart is torn, you're going to have these things. It says, and evil speaking, do what to them? Be put away from you with all malice. And this is what we should do as well. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You'll notice that the ones that we are the most uh, abusive toward, many of those we haven't forgiven. And because, if, because we haven't forgiven them, bitterness sets up, anger, wrath sets up. We haven't released them fully. And then, of course, we begin to say that stuff. We begin to say all that negative. Now, you watch it. There'll be some people and there'll be some times that you will hear. You say, I don't use foul language. I don't use that. You don't hear that coming out of my mouth. But how many times have you heard it in your head? How many times have you heard it inside? It may not, if it's a person, if it's a circumstance, if, if it's a business, I'm not sure what it is. If it's Facebook or folk on Facebook, you may not say it here, but understand something. Jesus is able, as he was in Bible days, same, same God today, he's able to read your faults, to hear your words, even before they come out of your mouth. So you're also responsible for those. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And we need to repent for the cursings that we hear on the inside. God, take those evil thoughts from me. Now, not every evil thought or word comes from you that you hear on the inside. 
Some of it, it is the enemy as he tweets by tweet, 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 over your head. You know, there's a difference in a bird flying over your head and, and then it is a bird making a nest in your head. You can't stop the bird from flying over you, but you can stop him from making a nest in your head. That is, you can't stop some thoughts from coming to you, but you can stop yourself from thinking them. Say, nope, I will not dwell on that in the name of Jesus. Nope, I renounce that. Nope, nope, it shall not come to pass in my life. I bless them in Jesus' name, and I release them from their sin debt in Jesus' name. You understand? Because if you don't deal with it on the inside, eventually those curses that you, curses that you hear on the inside will come outside. Are you hearing me? All right. Now, let's go back to James. James, the third chapter. We're going to start here at verse number six uh, for the short time that we have here left today. I pray that you're really getting something out of this. Now, look at verse six. We're going to be looking at just this one verse uh, for the remainder of our time. And it says again, the tongue is a fire. Just breaks it down. The tongue is a fire. Tongue is a fire. Now, a fire is something, of course, uh, that has the ability to destroy or has the ability to purify. Metaphorically, the fire can also mean uh, a passion that is stirred up. A passion. Tongue can stir up or ignite passion. And the tongue or fire also burns things that are flammable. Has to be something that flammable something that can be burned if it can be burned fire will burn it are you hearing all right so it says here the tongue is a fire tongues of fire listen a world of iniquity a world of iniquity now the word world here is the greek word cosmos cosmos really i want you to really grab this it's the greek word cosmos it says the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity. Cosmos means uh, the apt, harmonious arrangement of things. It means um, a, an order, an order. It could also mean, the word uh, cosmos also uh, talks about constitution. It talks about government. It's simply a body, of, a body or arrangement of things. Okay, so when you, look, when you think of the tongue being a world, think about the tongue as being a government in your mouth. Constitution talks about uh, a set of principles or set of principles or beliefs that are held that will govern a life. Your tongue, in your tongue, you house a government. Or you, set, you, have, you house a set principle of beliefs in your mouth. It says the tongue is a world of iniquity. Iniquity simply means lawlessness. It means injustice, unrighteousness, things that are wrong or wrongfulness. So grab a hold of this. If the government of your mouth, if the guiding principles of your mouth are wrong, filled with wrongness. If the government or the guiding principles of your mouth are filled with injustice, injustice, or it is unjust, what you will have is that your whole body will be defiled. Does that make sense to you? You'll find a life that is defiled. Let me give you an example. 
Think about someone that you think uh, is successful or someone that you think really has life together. You say, hey, their marriage is together. They ever seem to be together. You know, of course, you don't know everything about everybody. You can't know what's behind closed doors. Some people can put on a good show. Yes, 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 yes. But let's say for a moment, think about someone that you think, okay, they have it, they have it all together there. You know, they may not be the richest people at, at all, but, you know, but at least they, they seem to be very happy seem like they really love the Lord, right? You think someone, you know, maybe someone you respect at work or, or, or what have you, hey, these people seem to have it all together, okay? Now think about someone else who you say, well, they really don't have it all together. Yes, 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 yes. They really don't. Amen. They really have issues. Yes. Think about person A and person B. One that you think, oh man, they really got it. They seem to really have it all together. I wouldn't mind having some of that in my life. And the other person, oh, Lord, help them, please. Got those two people in in mind? All right. With those two examples, think about the words that you hear them speak. Do you hear the one that you say, hey, you have it all together? Do you see them? Do you ever hear them speaking negatively about others a lot? Do you hear them speaking negatively about themselves or about their situations? Or do you mainly hear them speaking positive words? Good things coming out of the mouth. The ones that you think, well, they really have a terrible thing happening there. Do you hear them talking positively? Or do you hear them just speaking negatively all the time? Are you hearing me? Think about those two lives. Those two lives are surrounded with words. Words that they have chosen. Are you hearing? So if the constitution or the government of your mouth is unjust, if it is wrong or wrongfulness, if it is unrighteous, the whole body, their whole life will be defiled. Defiled meaning spotted or polluted. Are you hearing me? Stained. But if the constitution or the government of their mouth is in order, if they are speaking uh, holy things or, or speaking about God, talking, talking about good experiences, you know, and just, and just things are coming out of their mouths, well, then you'll see their lives also reacting to that. Instead of polluted, their life is sanctified and set aside for the Lord's use. Are you hearing me? Mm-hmm. Cleansed. It's, and it becomes an honorable life. So again, which words are you speaking? Which words are you speaking? Because listen, we don't really have to follow you around with a recorder. We just have to observe your life. Ooh, getting hot up in here. But listen, through the grace of God, we have the power to turn all of that. You don't have to curse anymore where you are you can begin to change the words that are around you and begin to be uh, formed or begin to take on the likeness of Christ in your life. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So again, if the collection or the government uh, of your mouth, the world of iniquity, if, if the world of your mouth, the government of your mouth is corrupt, you'll have a corrupt life. But if the government of your life, of your mouth, 
uh, the constitution of your mouth, the set principles that govern your mouth, if they are righteous, you'll have a righteous life. Remember the Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So let's pray right now. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for giving us this, uh, this word, this revelation, this insight. And Father, we repent for allowing corrupt communication to proceed out of our mouths. Well, Father, we repent in the name of Jesus uh, for allowing the government of our mouths to usher out wrong things and, and unrighteous things and unjust things. Father, we repent. We confess it. And you said in your word, if we confess our sins before you, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, we, we take the blood of Jesus. And we declare that the blood washes away all of this stuff from, from around us and in us. And Lord, we receive now righteous words. We receive your grace to speak righteously. And we receive cleansing in our heart that we may continue to speak righteously and see our lives completely change. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now that's the first part of verse 6. Are y'all still with me today? Because it gets a little bit deeper here. You ready, Gene? So it says here again, verse six, let's look at it again. It says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. It can, depending on what you say. Or it can bless your whole body, depending on what you say. Look at this very next phrase. And setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is, it, and it is set on fire of hell. Look at that phrase, setteth on fire the course of nature. Now the word setteth there means to ignite. To ignite. Uh, it means to set on fire, to burn up. And to ignite means to set things in motion. Bless you. Bless all of you in Jesus' name. Thank that sneeze there for your blessing. The word setteth there means to ignite, to ignite, to set things in motion. It does mean to start a fire, of course, to, to burn up. But I want you to see that definition, to ignite, to set something in motion. The tongue is a fire that setteth on fire the course of nature. Setteth, again, means to ignite. You're going to set something in motion. Your mouth, with the words that you speak, you can set things in motion. Now, when you set something in motion or you ignite something, that tells you that uh, if it has to be ignited, it wasn't burning before. If it has to be ignited, be set in motion, that tells you it was not in motion before. You can set something in motion that was not in motion. You can set something ablaze that was not even burning with the words that you say. So you can set good things in motion or you can set bad things in motion because of what you say. Are you hearing me? Well, what is the Lord saying that we can set in motion? The Bible says again, and setteth on fire the course of nature, the course 
of nature. Now the word course there, this is really strange, but the word course means a wheel, a wheel, W-H-E-E-L, like the wheel on a wagon or the wheels on the bus that go round and round, round and round all over town. The wheels, you understand? So the word course means a wheel, W-H-E-E-L, okay? So setteth on fire or ignites a wheel, starts a wheel to burn, starts a wheel to be set in motion. Are you with me so far? So again, the word course means a wheel. It means uh, figuratively a, a circuit of physical effects. It means, of course, course. What is a course? The act or actions of moving in a path from point to point. Some of you have heard of a thing called an obstacle course. That means as you go through this course, there are different things that you have to, to do, right? You may have to jump over this one or go under that one. It's an obstacle course. It's a, it's a set path, and you go from one thing to the next. So think about that as you talk, think about the word course. It is a wheel that we know has been set or ignited or set in motion. The tongue sets in motion something on a path where one thing affects another thing, which affects another thing, which affects another thing. Are we there? It says the tongue is a fire that setteth, setteth on fire or ignites or sets in motion the course, we got that, the course of nature. Now the word nature, this is a very peculiar word here because it's only written here in the New Testament here in James, the third chapter, verse number six. The word nature here is the word Genesis. And the word Genesis, uh, here again in this verse, means source. It means origin. Genesis is also a book of one's lineage. In other words, in which his ancestry or progeny are enumerated. Think about that, a book of ancestry. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat the 12 tribes, right? Patricia and James begat Abram, who begat Layla, who begat later on somewhere. <laughs> right? It is a book. It is a book of generations. When you think about uh, the word nature here, think about a book of or book or lineage uh, or a book of generations where every name is put in place. It also means, uh, the word nature means the will of life, the will of life, the will of human origin, which as soon as men are born begins to run. It means also its course of life its course of life. So when you are born, this wheel, the wheel of your life begins to spin, begins to spin. The clock begins to tick. You, and we all have a certain amount of ticks. 
And when the clock runs out, bing, you run out. Your time is up on this planet. Unless the Lord, until the Lord Jesus comes. Hallelujah. I expect us all to be raptured up. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But that begins to run. But it is not set on fire. It is not ignited until you say something. There is something in that wheel of life, something in your ancestry that is not ignited, that is not set in motion until you say something. Now, understand this too. So the course of nature literally means the will of life. It means the will of ancestry or the will of origin. The will of life, the will of ancestry, or the will of, or the will of origin. Now, hang with me. Hang with me. You still with me? Amen. So when you speak, when you speak, you have the ability to ignite or to set on fire or to set in motion a circuit of events that's the course a circuit of events or patterns or characteristics or flaws or strengths in you which belong to others in your ancestry or you can set things in motion that will affect future generations there are some things in your ancestry in your will of life that weren't there or that didn't show up there, should we say, they were there, but it did not manifest until you began speaking it. There are things like bad temper that can be passed down from generation to generation to generation. Things like attitudes, bad attitudes, that can pass down from generation to generation to generation. Curses can also pass down from generations. Uh, genetic disorders and diseases can also pass down from generation to generation. That's why the doctor asks you when you go in the office, does your family have any uh, history of this, history of that? Because they know that this, these things can be passed down through the generation. Intelligence can be passed down from generation to generation. You're smart just like your mama. Talents can be passed down. Faith can be passed down from generation to generation to generation. When you speak, that is, when you say words in faith, you can set things in motion to happen in you that was in your ancestry or ancestry. You can set those things in motion that, it, that you begin to exhibit what's there. Things like when you speak or when those in your family begin to speak, over you, you're just like your uncle so-and-so. They speak those words in faith, and you receive those words in faith, and all of a sudden, you begin to act just like uncle so-and-so. You have a little twitch in your arm, a little twitch in your back, and a little twitch in, in your leg, and, and, and you go to the doctor, and the doctor asks you, well, do you have a history of this in your family? Well, you, you know, Uncle Bessie, did walk with the lamp too. And just like that, with the words of your mouth, you have set things in motion. You have taken something in, and one thing will lead to the next, will lead to the next, will lead to the next, will lead to the next on your course of life, and you'll have exactly that that came from your ancestry. 
You act just like so-and-so. You'll never have anything. You'll always be so-and-so and so-and-so. And we see that from generation to generation, from generation, that great-great-grandmom uh, was a single mom, uh, grandmama was a single mom, your mama was a single mom, and the daughter be single. It goes on down the line. Several generations with the same issue. Because we set things in motion. They didn't have to be. But for somewhere, somewhere around there, whether we spoke it verbally or we said it internally, I'll never get out of this. I'll be just like them. And we begin to set something in motion over your entire lives. Something that you will pull from your past, pull from your ancestry, or you set things in motion that will doom or can bless future generations with what you say, which, with what comes out of your mouth. Now, again, the natural state of things is inactive. Inactive, it's there, but it's inactive until you activate it, until you receive it. So what you receive or inactivate or activate can also be deactivated by the words that you say. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So when you speak those words in faith, we begin to cause things to happen either to the good or to the bad. Now, let me show you some, um, some examples, then we begin to close out here. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. Let's look at this. 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verses 5 through 7. Our New Living Translation says this. I remember your genuine faith, for you share, this, you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Faith going down the family line. Just as the seed was in Abraham, transferred to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob, all the way the seed traveled down the bloodline. The seed was the Christ, the anointed. You also carry an anointed seed. You also carry an anointed seed, something that God wants to birth in the earth. He wants to get this through you in your lineage. Verse six, uh, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear or, uh, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Now listen, so um, let's look at one more. Let's look at another one. Let's look at Deuteronomy 5. Verses 8 through 10, this is a very clear example, again, of how the generations can be affected. It says this way, it says this way, it reads this way. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, verses 8 through 10, of the New Living Translation, it says, You must not take for yourself an idol of, you must not rather, you must not make, you must not make for yourselves an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or, uh, or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Listen, it says, I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected. 
even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. Say, why is all this happening to me? Did someone in your generation reject God? Someone in your generation reject God? Well, right now you say, well, I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm under the blood of Jesus. Well, but understand something. That's wonderful, and that's true, and that's great. But that will was already started. was already ignited. It was already set ablaze. And it was running before you were born. But then the Holy Spirit gives you word that says, you can stop that will from turning through the words that you speak by declaring the blood of Jesus, uh, declaring his forgiveness over those sins by rep- through repentance. Are you hearing me? Stopping that will from turning, declaring that I am not cursed. I don't, I don't have to abide under the curse. I abide under the blessing because of what Jesus Christ has done for me with his blood. Hallelujah. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So someone can actually be living under a curse because of what happened in their ancestry. Because they rejected God. Just like they started it, you can stop it. Now listen to the next part of this. It says, uh, verse 10, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. So because of your actions today, loving God, future generations in your bloodline will experience the blessing of the Lord because of you. And it's all activated by what you say. So again, I tell you, your words are highly, highly valued. Now, let me tell you this too. There is a Genesis point. When you speak, you have the ability to ignite or set in motion the Genesis point, the beginning of things, the start of things, a new beginning. You have the ability to start. Remember the word, uh, remember the word nature here is the word Genesis. You have the ability to ignite or put in motion a new beginning for yourself. To start something by the words that you speak. This is, uh, this is the ability that God has given to you to start something new, start something fresh. You have the ability to set your life on fire, to ignite passion in your life through the words that you speak. Your tongue can be used for good or it can be used for evil. The Bible declares that the tongue is set on fire of hell. The word hell there is Gehenna. Gehenna was the place was uh, was a place that was at the end of or out of, out of the city of Jerusalem, and it was a fire that they kept burning. They kept it burning because they would burn all the dead animals. They would burn all their trash, uh, and they would take their trash, dead animals, and all that to Gehenna, so so to be burned up. Much like today, we take our trash to the dump. But they, instead of burying their trash, would burn it, which makes more sense to me. But that fire would be kept burning day and night, year after year, year after year. It was an eternal, if you would, eternal fire 
for the whole community to destroy unwanted things. And so the Bible says that the tongue is set on fire of hell. That is, it's an eternal flame. Now, God set the fire in hell. The devil didn't do it. God created hell. The Bible says he created for the fallen, for the devil and his angels. It was never created for man. He set the fire in hell, and he also set the fire in heaven. Your tongue can either be set on fire of hell, saying all kind of bad stuff, or you can ask God to set your tongue ablaze with the Holy Ghost. You can ask him to set a fire down deep in your soul and let your tongue be a flame of fire, igniting passions in your life and those that are around you, igniting a passion for Christ in your generation because the fire spreads. I guarantee you, if I lit a fire in this place, it would eventually spread to other things. And this is the same thing that the Father wants in our lives, for us to use this tongue not as an instrument of hell, but as an instrument of righteousness, instrument of blessing, that it will spread a fire of godliness and and people would see the, the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart and in your life. Are you hearing? So, Father, we thank you. Let's pray right here. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Lord, I pray today that your people will experience your good fire, a fire that is set on heaven instead of, fire that, instead of a fire that is set on hell. Father, I pray for our, uh, even our online community that is watching that today that they would experience the fire of your presence. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The fire of your presence. And that, Father, that we would all repent of our sins, repent of bad things done, repent of evil of the evil that we have spoken that have set bad things in motion for the generations. And with the fruit of our lips, Father, we also, um, we also declare the blood of Jesus over these things and we repent for saying so many bad things, Lord, that those wheels would cease, that those things that were set in motion would cease and that good things would begin to be released. And Father, I pray that you would lead your people into what to say into how to pray. Give them grace, Father. Give them the words to speak. May we speak in line with your spirit. May we speak by your spirit. And when we're praying in the spirit and praying with the spirit, give us the words to say that will bless the generations. Father, we pray that you said to watch about our mouths, that we don't say evil things, that we don't speak negatively about other people but we speak words that are good and edifying and encouraging to our fellow man. Father, I release this word to you today and I release it into the lives of your people. Lord, I pray that it will, that we'll receive a 100 fold return from the seed that is sown today. In Jesus name, we love you, Father. Amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. 
We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.